All of my worst ideas start with me losing sight of how good you are, and all my worst ideas end with you rescuing me as I spin out of control off the road, reaping the
Morning, church. Would you please rise for our first song? Sometimes I think, what will people say of me when I'm only just a memory? When I'm home where my soul belongs, was I loved when no one else would show up? Was I Jesus to the least of us? Was my worship more than just a song? Today is from Genesis 6, 5 through 9. 
The Lord observed the extent of the human wickedness on the earth. He saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, and I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds in the sky. I am sorry I ever made them. But Noah found favor with the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on the earth at the time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. Thank you. If you please remain standing while we confess together our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. Not working. Okay, word from the band is not working. Please have a seat. <laughs> Let's go to God in prayer. Please bow your heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks through all the trials and tribulations that seem to be sent our way. But Lord, we know that you're with us every step of the way because you've said where two or more are gathered in your name, you're with us. And Lord, we thank you for that. This morning, we thank you for all the blessings you've offered to us. We thank you for the worship service we're about to have as well as the music we're about to sing. And Lord, we pray all of this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.
Come on up front for the kids' message. You have any boys and girls want to come on? Yeah, make your way on up front here. Come on up. <laughs> nice slide. We are continuing our series in, called Fact Check, and today we are looking at lifestyle. So how does our faith affect the way that we live, all right? And you know what? I think we were made to live like lightweight race cars. You know what? Yeah, lightweight race cars. And so I have a video that we can watch to see what this looks like, all right? So let's watch this video to see how we're supposed to live like lightweight race cars. How's she running, Scoot? Good, fast. 
I just want to make a few slight tweakaroos. Tweak or what? Well, good riddance. That thing was like sitting on bricks, huh? Get out of here. That thing's big and heavy, Scoot. It's gonna slow you down. <laughs> Believe me, Chief, this won't slow me down. It's got a lower lumbar system here, so it keep me loose. Massage panels. Faster than ever, baby. Scoot, what is that? I gotta have my tunes, Chief. You think anybody's gonna beat me if I'm jamming Toby Keith up in here? No, don't think so. How you like me now, baby? I don't. Is that an air conditioner? Scoot's orders. Scoot! Whoop, whoop! Scoot, this is a race car. Race cars don't have AC. Yeah, Chief, but it gets so dang hot in there. I, it gets uncomfortable, okay? It is a race car, Scoot. They're not supposed to be comfortable. It's supposed to be fast. Yeah, but I was doing some research the other day on the Wikipedia, and it basically said that the cold AC will make it more aerodynamical. Talking about Scoot? No! Got the fridge here. I need my big red. Come on. Is that a TV screen? HD. This is a race car, Scoot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You gonna be watching TV? Nah, it's just kind of cool. Yeah, it is cool. That's the chauffeur I hired. Chief, chauffeur, chauffeur. Chief. Chauffeur. You. You need to take it down a notch, Chief, okay? Go get you some rest. We got a big race tomorrow. What are you doing now? I'm gonna watch Days of He Forgives Us, and he helps us get back on track. All right? So remember, we wanna be lightweight and fast, not comfortable and slow. All right? Will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands, and you can repeat after me Lord Jesus, you are our crew chief. We trust you and we love you. Help us to follow you and to not be weighed down with stuff that doesn't help. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thanks for coming up. You can head on back to your seats. What a joy to be in worship with each and every one of you. To come together to be reminded of a God who loves us so much, he sent his son Jesus. And I look out there, I see some uh, guests here t today. We're so glad you're with us in worship. We do invite you to come on back, but before you leave, if you would let yourself be known, uh, you could do it by texting 1C guest to 94,000. You could stop at Next Steps, which is right outside there in the family gathering area, or stop and catch one of us. We'd love to meet you and greet you. As we go into worship a little bit further, we're going to have a time of prayer. And if you have a prayer, requests that you would like included in worship today, you can actually text those prayer requests to 402-242-5051. So be thinking that way. A couple other quick announcements. It's hard to believe, but Lent is quickly approaching. And it seems like just yesterday we celebrated the birth of Jesus. But now on February 14th, which is a Wednesday, it's Ash Wednesday. It's a time where we begin that Lenten journey. It's a time where we remember uh, the passion that Jesus had for people like you and me. So we're going to have um, the Lenten experience is going to include an Ash Wednesday service at 630. And we're going to, if you've been to one, uh, do the imposition of ashes. Where we put the sign of the cross upon our forehead 
to remind us of what God has done for us through Jesus. So we'd love for you to come and be a part of that. We're going to have a soup supper right before that from about 6 to 6.30, and then we'll um, have our worship service. Then throughout Lent, we're going to gather together, and we are going to do what's called the Serving Challenge. And for all the weeks leading up to Holy Week, we're going to get together on a Sunday and then um, on a Wednesday or other days to talk about different aspects of what does it mean to serve, just like Jesus. So, love for you to come every single Sunday. We'd love for you to come every single Wednesday. There'll be soup suppers all the way through. But if you're here, you're saying, well, Wednesdays don't work. We'd love for you to join a small group. Because we're going to take the Sunday message and theme and then do a little bit more digging into it and talking about it. And so we're going to have so many different opportunities for you to kind of pick and choose and be a part of one of those small groups. We really want to encourage everyone to do that. Because this Lenten journey, every single year, at least for me, prepares for the celebration of Easter. It is a great reminder of what God has done. So if you would... Uh, be thinking about that. More information can be found um, on the Planning Center, Church Center app, um, or our website. We'll have inf information up there as well. All right. Also, next steps. Like this last Sunday, we, we had a new disciple launch. And I had somebody ask me, you know, what is that all about? It, if you are considering membership, or say you've been a member for a while, you just want to be reminded of, of what we teach as a church, that's what new disciple launch is for. Next Steps really is for people like you and me who've been around here for a while that want to find out, Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you, where do you want me to use my gifts and abilities and talents and serve you? So we're going to have a Next Step class next Sunday right after the 11 o'clock service, so February 11th. And so we'd love for you to be a part of that. If you would sign up, you know, all the different ways, you can call the church office, uh, church center app. Uh, go onto the website, just kind of get, get yourself known so we can have food for you and then materials for our time together. Last announcement has to do with giving. As God has given to us, he wants us to say thank you, and we can do it so many different ways. And I was, um, I was singing that, that song, it's kind of new, at least for me, and, and that's one way we can do it. And I just was thinking about those words, just loving uh, the message of that. So that's one way to worship in our prayer time, we do that as you serve, but also as you give of your tithes and offerings. So as you can see up there, there's many different ways to do it. Um, in just a moment, we'll pass a basket, the joy basket. And as the Lord leads you and guides you, please give as he leads. Because that's always good to follow his lead. May God bless our worship and our time together. And to him be the glory.
We can put our confidence and trust in him. We will not be shaken. Well, maybe the world wants to shake us, and sometimes it gets pretty intense. But God is our constant strength and refuge in all times, in good times as well as challenging. And as we now prepare to receive a very beautiful, precious gift of Holy Communion, we are instructed that we should examine ourselves. In other words, let's confess our great need regarding our sin and be reminded that because of Jesus, we have forgiveness. So if you would join me to pray the prayer of confession. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. And be assured, because of Jesus, because of his life, death, and resurrection, your sins, my sins, are forgiven. There is no better news than that. And may that good news give you a sense of peace and joy as we live for him. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. We continue now with the celebration of Holy Communion.
And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you and empower you for life, for mission, for ministry, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Dear gracious God, today we are praying boldly for the Holy Spirit to renew us and reveal victory in our lives. We do not have this by anything that we can do, but because of what Jesus has already done for us, we offer up these prayer requests to you. Prayers for my dear friend Cindy for continued healing. Prayers for those with health issues. Prayers for financial struggles, friends who are struggling to pay medical bills, and others who are just worried about making it. Prayers for the friends and family who lost a three-week-old baby. We don't understand why these things happen, Lord, but you do. Prayers for healing. Jesus, you never stop pursuing us and calling out to us. What a beautiful truth that is. Help us to choose to live for you, clinging to and sharing the good news we've received because of the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, church. Good morning. 
So I think there's a slide coming up that is kind of the way we're going to review uh, where we've been and kind of bring us up to where we are today. Um, Bible, tr truth, truth to faith, faith to worship. Pastor Thielen went through this last week. Worship, walk with God. It's, this kind of then segues into where we are this morning. Walk with God has a lot of influence and impact on our lifestyle. That's what the fact check is this morning. It's on lifestyle. And to kind of get at the heart of that, we're going to spend some time um, looking at the Old Testament character of Noah. Briefly, it crossed my mind to use the old Bill Cosby bit with Noah, but I thought, I don't know, maybe not in church, you know. Anyhow, the text that we have this morning is, we're in Hebrews uh, chapter 11, that, um, that beautiful chapter of Heroes of the Faith, and we're looking at verse 7. Here it is. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, he who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. So you probably heard it, by faith, by faith, by faith. By faith, he builds this large boat in the desert, mind you. By faith, he condemns the rest of the world. And by faith, Noah is counted righteous. So here's a conclusion. Noah lives his life by faith. This was, this was his chosen lifestyle. So briefly, what does it mean to live by faith? So in preparation, I'm, you know, looking at commentaries and different things that are out there. And one commentary answers that question this way. It means that in our various circumstances, we live out our belief that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Those who live by faith take confident action based on what God has revealed about his character, seeking to do his will in all things. There it is, and this was Noah. He acted confidently in building this ark based on what he knew about God's character. So in this larger picture of the kind of man that Noah was, this morning we're going to consider four things. We're going to consider this. Noah witnessed a deterioration. Noah walked in submission. Noah warned of a devastation. And he won a reputation. So let's just unpack those one at a time. First, Noah witnessed a deterioration. Genesis 6, 5. We heard it this morning in our opening scripture reading. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So do you hear a certain lifestyle here? Maybe one that's popular in our own time, perhaps? I mean, the, the sheer scope of human wickedness that had overrun the hearts of the people that Noah lived among. It's, it, here's the thing. It's, it's important to know when you think about the heart. In the Old Testament, the heart refers to that, that core place where we make 
choices, where there are thoughts that are formed, and where morality exists. And when the heart is corrupt, what proceeds from the inner, inner life are things like this text says, things that are consistently and totally evil. Noah's day was not unique. If you look, if you look across the landscape of human history, I mean, the inner life, you could go back to Genesis 3, 6, and there's where we get the first inclination that the inner life of mankind was corrupted. It didn't, it didn't just start in Noah's day. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not at all surprised by this text and by what Noah was experiencing. The reason is, is because that's me. I've been that person. I've had those seasons in my life. I've had those moments, some long, some short, but I, I, where a corrupt inner life was what I, what I had. And I knew it was there because it, was, it, it, it manifested itself. It was visible in sinful actions. Maybe that's a part of your story as well, huh? Well, secondly, Noah walked in submission Genesis 6, 9. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time, and he walked in close fellowship with God. The same idea gets understood in, further in chapter 6 and verse 22. So Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. He, this is marvelous. I mean, here, here's a description of a lifestyle that is in direct contrast with everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. Noah made these choices of patterns of daily living that enabled him to, quote, walk in close fellowship with God. Now, to do that, I would argue that that takes intention and that it takes courage. I think it was true for Noah. I think it's the same for us, you and I, here in 21st century America. Because if you're a Christian, if you're one who has said yes to following Jesus, you might already know this. It can be very hard to put your stake in the ground and declare out there in the public square what we believe. And what is it that we believe? I am so grateful here at 1C because we declare this every single week in this sanctuary when we affirm together the Apostles' Creed. Yes, we struggled with it this morning, but you get the point. <laughs> every week, we affirm the Apostles' Creed. That's what we declare. So moment by moment, we're making these choices that define our lifestyle. And for that reason, it is very essential that you and I pay close attention to what we're feeding our inner life. Would you agree? Would you agree? Yeah. Well, thirdly... Noah warned of a oncoming devastation. 
We're going back into Hebrews. Again, the, the text for this morning. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. It, it's always been interesting to me, by his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world. How, how does that happen? What, how does that work? What does this mean? He condemned the world. Well, Noah's faith bore witness to God's reality. God was about to do something he had never done before. Noah did not have all the pieces to what God was about to do. Yet, his obedience was to begin building this ark. That action, that building of the ark was condemning. It condemned the prevailing culture of the day. And so it is for us. I mean, here's the point. How we live matters. And as Christians, we're going to oftentimes stand out. And although it's true that some of our brethren can do more harm than good, you know, that's the way, it, yeah, it, it happens. But it doesn't change the power of the message. The message of the gospel of forgiveness of sin, life, and salvation in Christ. That's the message. That message remains the rebuke to the lifestyle characterized by, here's the phrase again, everything that they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. It's so pervasive. But a lifestyle immersed in faith and obedience to God will, in the, in the long game, it's going gonna, it's gonna to push back the darkness. Poor Noah. People must have asked Noah repeatedly, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, I'm building this boat here in the desert. And in that, he, Noah, Noah preached. I like, I like to use that word. I think, he, I think he preached the truth that God had delivered to him, which in a paraphrase says, Manoah, build this ark because I'm going to destroy the earth. Okay. I'll go start sawing down trees and putting this whole thing together. So the people around Noah, they see this ark going up. Can you imagine that there might have been a little scoffing and a little bit of laughing and a little bit of rib poking? Have you seen Noah out there building the ark? got blisters on his hands you guys got his boys working and and their wives are working and they're cutting down trees and this thing is going up but Noah preached the same message during the long years and depending on who you read or where you get your data it took Noah anywhere from 75 years some one commentator said 75 years I've read 120 years the point is it took a long time and throughout that long time, Noah just kept saying, I am doing what God commanded me to do. Wow. 
Well, the fourth thing we have is he won a reputation. Genesis 6, 9, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time. And three, he walked in close fellowship with God. Noah's lifestyle, even before he was commissioned to build this ark, was one that reflected a very strong faith. And that faith was coupled with an unwavering obedience. I will do these things God's way. So here's Noah in his community. He's rubbing shoulders on a daily basis with these people. And he had this reputation as he moved about his community. A reputation as a righteous man, a blameless man. He was known as one who walked with God. Noah's faith bound him to God. He pressed on in the work of building the ark because God commanded it of him, and that was enough. That was enough. So I'm going to wrap up this message this way. Remember this. Noah lived among people God described as Here's the phrase again. It's very prevalent. God described the world around Noah as everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. Noah could have chosen to live that way. So could I. So could you. And truth be told, sometimes we do live that way. But our faith binds us to the cross. Our faith binds us to an empty tomb. And that has radically changed us. We're, we are made new because of Jesus. That is, that is so radical. Galatians 2.20, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll close with, close with this. I'm sorry I don't have a slide for it. This came late in the game. I didn't get one prepared. But Galatians 2.20, many of you probably know what it says. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Noah did not have Galatians 2.20, obviously. But Noah experienced this. Noah experienced the death of an old self. Noah experienced an old self crucified. And he no longer lived for Noah, but he lived for Christ, trusting in the Son of God. So before we close, I'm going to make a little segue here. Before we close, I, I want to say a brief word about the Haiti meal packing that's, that's coming up. Through our partnership with Mission of Hope. God has made known to 1C, God has made known to the larger community around Columbus that there's a need that is critical in the country of Haiti. Mission of Hope has a vision that no child should go without food or without the gospel. And many of you here this morning 
and many across our community have been a part of this meal packing event. You have responded in faith to what God has made known. He's made known that there's a need for these children in Haiti. So this morning, I've asked my, my friend and brother, Lonnie Anderson, to come out. Hey, Lonnie. Randy, thank you. He's going to say a few words about the, there's two components to this meal event. There's the Have a Heart for Haiti meal, and then there's the actual packing event coming up in April. And I just have one question. Connect those dots for us. What's the connection between the fundraiser feast and the meal packing event? Thank you, Randy. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a public speaker by no means, so bear with me here. But from day one, the first year, God spoke to my heart to be a part of this Haiti fundraiser packing event and feast that we have every year. I can't help but look at the screens and see all these hungry children in Haiti, and it just uh, put something in my heart that we have all been blessed. You know, I look out here on this congregation and I think, we're going to leave here today. We're going to go home. We look into our cupboards, they're full. What are we going to eat? We've we got to choose what we're going to eat. The kids in Haiti, their cupboards are empty. If we don't help these children in Haiti, they go hungry. Yeah, Randy, there's two, two events to this. We have the packing event, which many of you have been involved with, where we come together and we put together the rice kits for these children in Haiti. These children, not all of them, but a lot of them, because of us that are helped packing these events, get one meal a day. Rice, vegetables, and a protein that helps them every day to go to school and be able to learn without it. They don't have that capability. They can't learn. The second part of our thing is the fundraising part of it, which isn't fun. It's hard to stand up here and look out and ask anybody to help reach into their pockets and so that we can have the supplies to put together for this, these meal kits to send to Haiti. That's where our have a heart for Haiti feast that is coming up this Friday and Saturday comes into play. It's the biggest part of our fundraiser. Jay Markson and Steve Wunderlich are the two that help cook the meal. Jay does the prime rib, Steve does the chicken. And it's just an amazing time together. The scent and Foxtrot are here to entertain both nights. And it's just a wonderful time to come for fellowship and join together. You know, I look at this all the time, and, you know, many times we say, put it at the foot of Jesus, right? And that's what I'm going to tell you this morning. I'm going to put this feast and packing event at the foot of the Jesus, because I know Jesus will bless all of us for helping him to take care of his children. We're all called to be disciples, to follow Jesus, and to do his work. And he has called us to do his work. Yesterday, I was just looking for a couple of verses on how to feed the hungry. 
And when I was looking, up come a, a saying, God blesses us so we can bless others. Proverbs 22, 9 says this, a generous person will be blessed. I ask you, please consider, may the Holy Spirit speak to your hearts that you'll come join us this Friday and Saturday night and be a part of this wonderful time of food and fellowship. But the most important thing is to bless the children in Haiti. I will be the first to tell you, the children in Haiti say thank you. You take that. Thank you, Lonnie. Would you please stand and receive the blessing? Hey, Randy. Randy. Yes. We have another part of that announcement. You got, we need to oh, talk yes, about. you got a part B. Okay. Yes. So, yes, there's a part B. And yes, thank you for standing. Um, there will be a live stream available for this fundraiser. And uh, we're going to have it set up by Wednesday along with uh, some auction items, silent auction stuff. We can actually go on to Bluncey's website and take a look at that. But you can actually donate. If you can't make it to the, the feast itself, we'll put a live stream up. Uh, we'll ticket that. I think it'll be around $20, I think is what we've been talking about for, for doing that. But you can actually watch from home what we're doing here. You won't get the cool experience of Prime Rib, sorry. But we would rather see you here. We would love to see this entire place filled up. But it's just another way to donate because that's how important we think this project is, that we want to be able to fundraise. I mean, our goal is, what, 120,000 meals? Yep. They've never had a church do that. So we're hoping to really get that. So that's kind of our goal and our, our uh, yeah. uh, thing for this year is to, yeah. to see how much we can do. Thank so we're you. We're really excited for that. 120,000. Yep. Now receive the blessing of the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his marvelous peace. Amen. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, where I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. every blessing you pour out I, I turn back to praise when the darkness closes in Lord still I will say blessed be the name of the Lord blessed be your name blessed be the name of the Lord blessed be your glory Blessed be your name with the sun's shining down on me when the world's all as it should be. Oh, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. There's pain in the offering. Oh, blessed be your name. And every blessing you pour out, I, I turn back to praise. When the 
Take me home, what joy shall fill my heart? Then shall I bow in humble adoration and there proclaim, My God, how great thou art! Until that day when heaven bids us It's not just a storm 